You're listening to Well Connected with Ricky and Fletch, where you'll hear from business professionals all over the country who have found their success through networking. Join us as we explore the path to success and what it takes to overcome adversity together. Okay, welcome everybody to another episode of Well Connected with Ricky and Fletch. I am Ricky. As always, I got my man Fletch here with me. And today we are honored to introduce you to my friend Gladys Boutwell. She is the principal broker with Insurance by Design, an employee benefits and health insurance agency. And she is so much fun to talk to and hang out with. So this is going to be a fun hour. How are you doing today, Gladys? Oh, not too shabby. A little on the, uh, my Garmin told me that uh, my stress level was above normal. So that I needed to relax it. And just by reading that on my watch, I had to laugh and go, yeah, it's the middle of open enrollment. So yes, the stress level is a little bit higher than normal. So <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. It only happens for a, cu- a couple, two, three months. So we're y- it'll be okay. It's worth it. It is. Absolutely. You know, <laughs> thanks for I having grew- me. No, no, no problem. So, so happy to have you. So it sounds like you haven't really listened to many of our shows yet, and that's okay. And what we do is we open up with a couple of icebreakers to get things kicked off with everybody. Um, we always ask the same questions. And the one that I like to ask people is, what is the most recent app that you have downloaded on your phone? Today, I actually uh, downloaded Microsoft Authenticator. Mm. Uh, cool. because I needed that in order to submit for um, a commission with the state. And so they use Authenticator. And so I was like, oh, why isn't this working? And I'm looking at the instructions like, oh my, okay, let me let me download that. So that was the last one that was today. Prior to that, I don't know, maybe Lively, uh, maybe Libby. Uh, once my HSA, once my library audio and, and uh, regular books that's connected to my library. So those are, I guess, the last three, but the other two were like a, a while ago. It's I, I don't use too many apps. I'm very boring that way. <laughs> <laughs> Libby's a good one though, man. That is, uh, that yeah. is a really, fu- I, I'm a big fan of Libby. I, I got introduced to it and I went, ooh, I like this, you know, and, and then I hadn't used it. And then I started uh, actually using it every day since July. So that's that's when I know I, I've had it before then, but July is when I started to really use it. Love it. Love it. Yeah. Well, so my question, my icebreaker question, if you can think back to a time before you were, you know, an employee benefits, you know, person, a health insurance broker, maybe when you were a kid. And if you had to do it all over and become an athlete, an Olympic athlete, what would be your sport? Well, what I was really good at when I was younger uh, was basketball. As short as I am, I'm now 5'2 at the time. Well, I'm 5'1 and 3 fourths. I round up. Um, but when I was uh, in uh, elementary, junior high and high school, uh, you know, I grew to five foot and then that two inches came at some point. I don't know exactly when. Uh, I actually made the JV team like number 
the three or four on the list because I actually knew how to play because I learned to play with the boys because none of the girls played basketball. So I played with the boys and I was a really good three point shooter. So that was my thing. I could three point shoot. Couldn't do a layup because I was so short that by the time the ball started to come up, it came down on my face. So, so that's usually how that went down. Uh, but, uh, but looking back, one other thing that I did and I can still do now, although I'm not as good as I was, uh, is running. So I had stopped running and I started running again to get my endurance back. So doing anything running like cross country, I think that would have been something that uh, I probably would have been really good at. I would have had to have honed it in back then, which I think would have been easier than now, because now I've been on my garment. I have every um, X number of weeks, I have a new training plan for my half marathons. And so every right now I, I reset my new one because I ran a half marathon last weekend. So I started up again. And so my next one will be Shamrock, even though I'll do some in between. Uh, according to Garmin, it's Shamrock is my goal for my half marathon, but it tells me what to do in the four days a week that I'm running, exactly what tempo, what how many miles or how long, and I follow it. So I'm pretty disciplined, and I think I would have been disciplined back then to be even faster, even though I have short legs. When it comes to cross country, it it's still you can you can maintain, you can hold your own a little bit better than basketball, which yeah, I, I'd have to be super good in order to uh, to really compete at the athletic level. But Renny, I think I could have done that one a lot better. Man, I love I, it. I, I love that. I like how you round up on your height. I am 5'11 and three more than three quarters. I mean, I'm like just on the other edge of the six foot notch. And I always call myself 5'12". So. Uh, I had actually... <laughs> That's what she did. Uh, she was actually six one, so she would say she was five thirteen. Yeah, because uh, you know, saying six foot just sounded so tall. So five thirteen, tall girl. Oh, I love it. I love it. That's great. Oh, awesome, awesome. Well, I mean, clearly you've you found a passion in running, and you're you you're talking about your Garmin. I love it. That's uh, that's a great piece of technology that uh, you're using there, but. Uh, Gladys, tell us a little bit about yourself and your your business and kind of what you do. We want to get to know you better. Yeah, absolutely. So I grew up in, in Southern California and um, Spanish was always the first language at home. So Spanish at home, English everywhere else. And I learned to read and write Engl English and Spanish when I was five years old. So I learned them at the same time. By the time I was in second grade, I was translating for my teachers. So uh, both languages were always in my wheelhouse. And then in uh, from sixth to seventh grade, I did pre-French. And then I took French in junior high and into high school. And then one job that I got uh, as an adult is uh, that I got it because I had some French. My French back then was a heck of a lot better than it is now. Now I can understand it. I don't speak it very well now. Uh, but my I was fluent in, well, still I am, in Spanish. And so I got that job. And then there is where I started to learn Italian and Portuguese. So I had four languages under my belt that I was using. Mind you, it was an international um, company. And so I did all the international credit and collections. So I dealt with all of Latin America. I dealt with Europe. I dealt with Asia, uh, Canada. So it was, I was using my languages uh, and I also started, I went back to school because uh, I had to work. Once I graduated high school, I got my associates and 
uh, took the longer year plans. I took four years off before I went back to get my undergrad. And then I continued on and um, got my uh, my master's in business administration and leadership and management and international business. Uh, and because that's where I, I wanted to do, I wanted to do more international. Uh, but I was always in financial services, accounts payable, accounts receivable, risk management, garnishments, payroll. Uh, so everything revolved around um, financial services. And then uh, I got moved from California to Texas through work and then got laid off in Texas and went, what the heck? <laughs> bring me to the uh, farthest western part of Texas. And then uh, I'm like, what am I going to do here? So ended up moving to Oregon in 2011. And I also became my mom's full-time caregiver at the time. So going to an interview was hard enough, but to try to schedule everything around her dialysis, her appointments, it was really hard. So I got into, um, into insurance never thinking I'd ever get into insurance. I, and it was in 2013 that that all occurred. And so I had already gotten certified as a John Maxwell uh, coach, trainer, and speaker, because I'm like, I want to help others. I want to guide them. Uh, and then I got into Bennett, well, first into supplemental because they had a training position. I go, oh, I can take all my background I and my leadership, I was um, Six Sigma Greenbelt certified also, so process improvement. And I'm thinking, use all of that to bring it into training. Uh, and it was like, oh, well, the only way we can get you there is through the um, agent route, which I thought was weird, but okay. So then I got into insurance just by fluke. And then the Affordable Care Act was also coming into play. Um, and I'm like, ooh, this I enjoy, this I like, this I can do. It was, it spoke to me, it was up my alley because that's part of what I did when I was working for this large payroll company. Uh, I was dealing with the HR folks and payroll and taxes and all the things. So it was uh, it was just pretty much I understood it. And I had already done hand hand uh, payroll. And so it was just what I knew. And I'm like, OK, I can do this, but it's on the other side versus the payroll and deduction side. It's now on helping people. And I got certified. I then um, a broker approached me to work with them. And for a month, I was like, eh, nah, nah, nah. And then I'm like, you know what? Here's an opportunity to be part of an organization. So I joined the organization and I was already certified. Um, I had already built relationships with uh, some nonprofits uh, because when I moved to Oregon, I'm like, who do I know? I know nobody. Uh, and so I started. Um, and so I'll get into what we'll talk about later, but it's about networking. And so I started going to different networkings to get to know what is out here. Can I, and this is before I even was a broker. Um, it was, can I find a job or a connection? So that's what I was looking for. Uh, and when I became um, an, an agent and because of the Affordable Care Act and going into the benefit side of things and uh, helping individuals, I tapped into those that networking I had done in those organizations. And I went back and I said, hey, we met at whatever chamber or whatever event. Uh, you got a grant to help Oregon Health Plan, Medicaid. Uh, I'm a broker. I'm an agent. How can I help? How can I come in? And I started making those connections through who I had met. So then there was this opportunity. Uh, and so that was kind of fun. And uh, I, uh, so I worked with a broker, we got bought out by a larger organization. That was, um, for me, when I, uh, because I was in leadership roles, I was always hiring people. And I always hired for fit. And if somebody was not going to fit into the team, it didn't matter how much they knew. 
I knew that they were not going to be as successful because the team wasn't going to embrace them. Well, here it was that fit that was missing. The culture was very different. And in 2019, I said, "Mm, this isn't working for me. And I broke out on my own. And uh, in part of how I became successful was, again, back to what we'll talk about later is networking really helped me stay successful at the end of 2019 and into 2020. Uh, And so my agency opened 2019 here in Wilsonville. uh, And I started working with my individuals, I started from scratch, uh, working with, uh, with businesses. And again, networking came into play. uh, And I enjoy what I do. I'm now at the point where I'm like, okay, I need more help because it's I'm growing. And I want to make sure that my clients are taken care of. So for me, that's important. Uh, It's servicing my clients, giving them the care that they deserve. And so I'm like, I will spend the time, even if I'm tired, even if I'm, I don't want to, it's no, I need to take care of this and I will be in the best mood. If I have to be in front of a client, it's as I would tell when I was in call center, I don't care how mad you are. I don't care that you know you're right and the person is wrong. They will never know it. You come and you complain to me when you've hung up, but you do not let them know. And so that's what I've done. It's like everything is after. But when I'm talking to the client, I am there. I am there. They're the most important thing when I'm with them, whether they're in person here or on Zoom or on the phone, it's it's about them. And I want to take care of them. And that's how, you know, I, I love what I do. I get to educate and I get to um, help others. And those are two of my biggest values. And that's why I love what I do. That's why I do what I do. Because I get to, you know, when you get to do what your values are and do it in your business, it's like, it's a good feeling. 100%. I'm right there with you. It's it's one of those things that we're in an interesting industry in that it's not a traditional sales industry. It's selling, right? But it's not the same. It's it's an education. It's a it's a helping. It's a it's a guiding and and then they make the decision ultimately, which is which is awesome. So, I love hearing that from other agents. Man, there's we need more of you out there. We need to replicate you. I tell I you know what? I've I've started to tell clients cuz sometimes they think I'm getting too much like in the weeds of how insurance works and what it is. And I tell them, listen, I'm going to educate you more than you probably ever thought or wanted to know about insurance and your policy. And I, But I just want you to understand that I only expect you to retain that information right now to make a really good decision. Then you can forget it all. And when something happens in the rest of the year, just call me and text me and I'm your dude. But you need to just know it enough right now so that you can make the best decision and know my recommend why I'm making the recommendations I am. And uh, exactly, and they they could appreciate that because if nobody else is doing it, I mean, when I have a client say, "I learned more in the last half hour talking to you than I did in the previous three years," or when I'm doing a presentation and I say, you know, like with Kaiser that they have access to the Portland Clinic, they're like. How did we not know this? I said, well, I wasn't your broker back then. You know, I am now and you're now yeah. knowing this. So oh, how come my agent never told me that? Don't know. Sorry. Well, because no. the bar to be an insurance agency is pretty low. So anybody can get a license <laughs> and do it. It's, it's yeah. the people who rise above that take the time to guarantee or the better agent. Good thing, though, is the days of the Wild West and the individual is, are, are coming to an end. So we'll hopefully we're the good agents will stick around and the bad agents will find somewhere else to go live for a while. But um, I, I'm interested, you know, kind of talking about networking and and seeing, you know, hearing some of that, that, that kind of stuff. You know, my understanding is you do a lot with 
with companies, right? And so how are you, you know, networking with companies? How are you meeting those people, you know, instead of just the individuals and, and that kind of thing, but you know, how, how does that go for you? So when I was doing, uh, I will start when I was doing individuals, what I wanted was that I, that they would come to me, that I wouldn't have to be out there hustling. I mean, I, I don't mind hustling. I, I do that. Uh, but it was building relationships. And so when I was networking, it was getting to know who's in the room, who's in this room and who do I need to meet? Uh, because ultimately, uh, when I first was, when I first came to Oregon, it was, who do I need to meet? Because I want to know what who are their organization, what is happening in Oregon. Then once I started helping individuals, then it was, oh, I've met some of these people. So then it was going back and then it was reaching out to them because it was who they were serving that some of those I would also be serving. So if they couldn't help them with Oregon Health Plan, then that meant that it would come to a broker. And that was like one of the first ways that I here in Oregon, I really built my business was because specifically one particular nonprofit, they said, oh, well, can you help us with this enrollment event? Sure, I was there. I did more Oregon Health Plan applications than anything else, because th there was some individual questions, but it was more Oregon Health Plan. Well, then they invited me to the next enrollment event and the next one. And that was October and November. Come December, they called me back and they said, hey, um, they're getting their responses back. They've been denied Oregon Health Plan. Can you help with Marketplace? And I was like, sure. So from December until May, I was at that nonprofit almost every day, eight days a week or eight hours a day plus. And they set up a desk just for me. Uh, they gave me a badge. <laughs> it was They were putting people on my calendar. It was like I was there all the time. And then the Russian uh, uh, translator would start translating for the Russians because she's all, can you help them? And it was that building of trust Truly, through the networking, I built trust. And because I built trust, then their clients that they couldn't serve now trusted me because it was through them. Mm -hmm. And so with my group, and so I wanted to not have to worry about going out there and looking for all the individuals because I knew that that would be hard. And so building the relationships started bringing me referrals. So then it's like, so-and-so said I should call you on the individual market. So I said, when I started doing my group clients, then I said, I want to get there with groups too. And so I chamber and um, a lot of different chamber events, my uh, Latino groups, you know, so I started going to all the different events, um, galas, fundraisers. If I got invited, I was there. And through people that I knew, then they, uh, because I was always at these events saying, okay, Oh, somebody needs a connection. Okay, so I started connecting people at these events with other resources. And it wasn't me, but it was helping them get to who they needed. And that started getting me a good reputation. And it took about two years before here in Wilsonville, they really saw me as a health insurance agent. I mean, it was, I was almost an afterthought. They didn't really know even what I did. And it, and it was, it took two years of repetition before they're like, oh, you mean you can help with the health insurance? Yes, they can help with health insurance uh, or group benefits. I mean, it took a moment, but it was, uh, that's how I started to get in front of businesses because businesses were at these events. And then from there, it was people getting to know me. And I will share that in 2020, when I uh, started essentially from scratch, um, COVID hit, I already knew I was going to do trainings and I was going to do this and I was going to do that. COVID hit and everything stopped. And so there was nothing. 
but the relationships I had built through my networking, I get a call in May and it's like, hey, are you able to help with? And she asked the questions. I said, oh, yeah, I gave her the answer. And so then she says, well, so-and-so is going to call you. And I said, okay. Well, it turns out that the she was working with the CPA, that the CPA then told the business owner, you need to call Gladys. Because of just answering a few questions, the CPA realized that I knew what I was talking about. So the owner called me and said, my CPA said, I should call you. And I said, well, do you need to know about me? He goes, no, let's just get down to business. And that's the one that in half an hour learned more than he had in three years. And, and so he says, okay, what do we need to do? It's a July 1st, you know, renewal. So started working on it and, uh, and got them moved over. And uh, I've had them since 2020. I take care of them, whatever they need, they get on my calendar that, you know, so we have that communication from there. I started getting other referrals again from people that I had built relationships with through networking. So in January of 2021, when I looked back at 2020 and I said, okay, I made a profit, not as much as I wanted to because COVID, but I still made a profit. And I said, okay, how did this happen? Where did my clients come from? And hundred percent of my business clients came from referral partnerships, referral people that I knew that referred business to me. Because they had already known me, they had seen me in action, they knew what I was capable of, they knew how I would take care of their client or somebody that they knew. And so they felt very comfortable sending them to me. And so it was like, oh, so then my thought is, how do I continue to build those relationships? I, and hence why I got, um, I had already been introduced to BNI. And for five years, I said, no, I already connect people. Why Why would I pay you to tell me what to do? I already do that. Um, but when I realized where my business was coming from, and I'm thinking, who do I need to build relationships with? And then it was an, uh, the most opportune time that I got invited to an online meeting only. And I went, and it was a great group. And I felt the energy. And I saw that's when I truly saw the value of being part of an organization where you're truly helping each other, that networking, that connecting um, came into play. And from March until August of 2021, the naturopath of this group sent me 13 referrals a naturopath. I never would have thought a naturopathic doctor, but I had built a relationship with her. And then she asked me questions. And then she found out, oh, you can also help individuals. Yeah. And that's when it was a win-win because I knew what network she was connected to. And so there was an open enrollment, a special enrollment period. So I was able to move those individuals into a plan that they could go see her in network versus out of network. So it was... um. And I just continue to do that in helping others and in helping others, it's come back to me tenfold uh, because they they see that I'm giving and because I'm giving and I'm just, what how can I connect people? They see that I'm like, you know what, if I'm doing the right thing, that's the way I see it. If I'm doing the right thing, the money will come. Money doesn't drive me. It's important. And I do like it, but it doesn't drive me. For me, what drives me is helping and educating. And so I've been able to do that through networking and, and reach those business clients through those connections. I know. So convoluted in a no, way. That... No, 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 no. That, that was, that, that is, that is awesome. And really you hit on 
what has kind of been a summary of, I think, our most recent last like three episodes that we've interviewed of guests that the correlation to the more they're connecting others to their networks, the more it shows up in spades for their businesses, you know, that like, I mean, that is, I think the last two or three people that we have met with have said how big their businesses have grown when they took it seriously to connect others. And it's just like what you're talking about, how you just started connecting people with what they needed. But what it sounds like you missed, and I'm curious to know how you would do it differently, knowing what you know now, is it? you said it took you like two years for people to start knowing what you did to be able to refer you. So looking back on what you do now and how you network and see how long that took, because I bet I'm sure there's audience listeners here and people who are like, well, I connect, I want to go connect everybody, but how am I going to get paid back? What would you do to make sure people keep you top of mind? So instead of two years, it takes less. Uh, Well, one, there's a lot of different things that I do do. Uh, Back then it was, uh, it was very basic. I mean, I was going to all the events and it was, I don't think I was building the strong individual relationships. It was a general relationship at a networking event. Hey, I'm Gladys. This is what I do. So like wide instead of deep, I guess you could say. So then if I had spent more time with the individual businesses or those that were in the event, I think that would have made a huge difference because we would have had the conversation of this is what I do. What do you do? And go a little bit deeper as to what do they do and how can I further help them? That I think would have uh, brought that timeline down. And and I'm not bothered that it took me a moment because it really helped me learn a lot. I I mean, I, I started on individuals before I moved into groups and I had the principal broker with me at the time where I can, you know, have him I, I was seeing how he was doing things and I very quickly learned because it was up my alley. And so then he was seeing how I was doing things. My my style very different than his. Um, but just connecting sooner in that deeper level, I think would have made a huge difference. Absolutely. I love that. Yeah. Little little more meaningful relationships and a little less, you know, kissing babies. Yes. Um, <laughs> You're yeah, I mean, you know, I think I think that's those lessons we all learn in this in in any business situation. You know, when we're you were mentioning kind of along like the story of your career in this, right? And you mentioned going from individual, you're now group, you still do individual. Um, you know, do you have I mean, are you are you simply group at this point? I mean, obviously you do individuals, but are you simply you know group benefits and and that's who you want to meet or, or owners of companies and that kind of thing? Or are you still out there beating the pavement doing the doing the individual thing? When it comes to individuals, my clients refer other clients. Uh, I built relationships with uh, dialysis centers by fluke. That was another fluke. Hey, can you come in and present to? Sure, let me talk to them. And they're like, oh, well, they're going to be doing this. Okay. And then a week later, uh, can you help them? Sure. Uh, so the, there's a couple of major dialysis centers uh, throughout Oregon that all the social workers know me. Um, the hospitals, social workers know me. And so I get those calls all the time. It's like, oh, told me to call you. They said to help. 
Uh, and it's mean primarily the Spanish speaking individuals that I'm helping in that realm uh, because I speak Spanish. And so building those relationships with, again, those key individuals and that I continue to serve those clients, they just continue to send to me. And then, of course, my clients, I take care of them and they will then send me other clients. And recently, because I've helped the son of a, of an individual, he's an executive, um, you know, over the last couple of years and I've been responsive and I guided them and helped them and answered all the questions. He's like, oh, you do group also, right? And I said, yes. Could you come, you know, talk to, you know, my business? Sure. And uh, three of the top executives is who I spoke to. And I went, oh, this is the, you know, hundred, almost a hundred man group, you know? And I was like, oh, okay. Because I took care of the individual. And if I they, it. if I take care of the individual this way, how am I going to take care of them and their staff? And so it's um, it's just come around. It I don't have to beat the pavement when it comes to individuals. It, it's just the word is out, and yeah. it, they. I mean, I have people on my calendar that their marketplace, and I'm like going until I talk to them. I don't know who who they came from, you know. And and it's like it's a great feeling that you know what I'm doing the right things, and because I'm taking care of people and doing the right things and guiding them, and sometimes that guiding is telling them, uh, you need to stick with Cobra or stay continuation, or you need to go to your group plan, or doing those comparisons and then sharing sharing with them why, why it's more beneficial for them, and they're all like, well, can you sell me a plan? Of course, I can sell you a plan, but it's not what you need right now. And then a year and a half later, when their Cobra runs out, I get the call or they send somebody else to me saying, oh, you took care of them. You you guided them. Can you guide me? Sure. You know, 100%. so it's, yeah, it was kind of a loaded question. I kind of I feel like I knew the answer already. But the reason why I asked that is, is I feel like a lot of listeners here, people who've gone from one side of their business to another side of their business. And there's a fear. There's a fear of how do I transition from my bread and butter into something that's more interesting to me, something that's more challenging to me, something that's more growth minded. And yeah. um, it doesn't just sh- just because you're focusing on one thing doesn't shut off the other faucet. And right. I think it's interesting to hear that from from you. I know Ricky's made some of those adjustments um, recently. Um, I'm making some of those adjustments as well. Um, I think it's just a natural part of growth. But I feel like a lot of folks, you know, when they're talking about who they're networking with, who they're focusing their time with, you know, those types of things, as they've started out in one place, going to another, it doesn't just say, oh, we're done, move on. You know, you're just focusing somewhere else. You're refocusing. But I, yep. but I, I think it's important not to lose that too far because, you know, as I have moved more and more to do commercial insurance and more complicated things with workers' compensation and all the, all the stuff that I do, no matter how hard I try, I still get in personal lines insurance requests across my desk because I'm really good at that. And that's where I started. And, you know... I, I probably will always have that because I started. I, I, I think completely shutting that off is different. But my networking efforts have also evolved along with the transition of my career to want to do that. Instead of networking with realtors and lenders like I used to to meet people buying houses to sell their insurance, now I'm spending more time with people like you guys as you know benefits product- producers for insurance company benefits and wealth advisors and bankers and stuff to now meet those kind of clients. But the the principles are kind of the same, right? Because we're just looking for who people know 
one, so we can connect them and two, and be valuable to them, but also so they can invite us into their networks. Very true. Very true. And, and sometimes I, I'll get Medicare down on my calendar. And it's like, as soon as they say key things, I'm like, okay, let's, let's get into, cause I always want to understand what individuals need before I even, you know, get into it's, it's who are their providers. And then what's most important, which hospital systems before I even look at anything else. And, and so I'm having the conversation and that lets me know, oh, this Medicare is like, oh, are you looking for me? Yes. It's like, okay, well, I don't do Medicare. You know, I don't want to touch it with a 10 foot pole. I know enough to be dangerous, but not my thing. And so then I asked them, hey, can I connect you with somebody? I get the other uh, agent that does Medicare on the phone, you know, and then they have the conversation and, and then it's the permission. Can I reach out? Would Can we make an appointment? Would you please? And then that connection is made immediately. So now that time spent that was supposed to be with me, I get half hour back, uh, but then I'm connecting them to the right person that's going to take care of them. Uh, so that's kind of happened to me too. And it's like, hey, you know what? That's all right, because it's going to happen the other way where people are going to be sending things my way too. So it's like, it works. It's okay. And you do a lot of stuff. I mean, you're in BNI and you do rotary, huh? right? And how else are you getting out there? Uh, so I'm also, I'm on multiple boards. So I'm on the chamber board. I'm one of the executive um, board members. Um, I'm on a foundation board for a Latino build. That they help Latino uh, business owners that are specifically in the construction industry. And so I'm on the foundation side of that. Um, I'm also on the health insurance uh, marketplace advisory committee that's through the state. So it's a state commission. So I'm talking to others that are in the Medicaid space. I'm talking to other brokers. I'm talking to the community. And so that exposes me in other areas. And I know what's coming down the pipe. So that way I can then go, oh, okay, now I have to prep for this for my clients. Uh, so I also go to some of the uh, like Latino Community Association, if they're having an event, they're in Bend, so I don't get out there as much. But um, Latino Business um, Alliance, that they are in Eugene, excuse me, they're in uh, Woodburn and Salem. So I go to those events. Then the Tualatin Latino Networking. So you, and then sometimes Beaverton Conexión um, Latina. So a lot of my Thursday mornings are spent at different uh, Latino-focused networking groups. Uh, then you got the Metropolitan Hisp Hispanic Chamber. So I'm at those events uh, as well as their galas. So those are other areas that are getting me in with the business owners that are serving the Latino community because uh, that's their main focus. Um, and so those are some of the things that I'm also a part of that also get me get me out there and <laughs> getting to know people. It's kind of fun. It's a, sometimes it's a lot, you know, I went from five boards down to four and I'm like, do I drop one other one? But I'm like, I'm enjoying it. I really am. I feel like I'm serving my community. Uh, and that's part of what's near and dear to me is serving others, helping others, educating others. And I get to do that through these boards. Awesome. You know what? Anybody who says they don't have enough time for networking or in the day, you got the same 24 hours that Gladys does. And she's in open enrollment and doing all of these things. So, you know, go meet some people. Sorry, there's my pause. There's a quick rant. <laughs> it's all about um, making the time. It truly, truly is. Everything for me, I, I live by calendar. My business clients know, get on my calendar. They have my Calendly link. If, if it's important, get on my calendar. Because if you leave me a voicemail, 
If you leave me an email, I will respond, but it's going to take me 24 to 48 hours. And then I have to go back and then ask you something because I saw it at eight, nine o'clock at night. Now I'm emailing you or calling you back, leaving you a voicemail. You now have to get back to me. And now we're doing this back and forth. Now calendar, here's my calendar. If, if you don't have the answer, if you need time, if that's your specific time. So the same goes with networking. If it's on my calendar, it's going to get done. My running is on my calendar. If I'm going to do something fun with my boyfriend, it's on my calendar. It's I now have a, a calendar that shows all my races, when they are, where I'll be. Uh, that way he knows that we're on the same page, that it's like, oh, you have this time blocked off. I'm he's not got your calendar link too, right? Yes, he does. <laughs> <laughs> if he really wanted to, he could schedule that time. So that's how I do it. it it's um, during the summer concert series with Rotary. I was helping set up in the morning for afternoon concerts. Well, on those four Thursdays, I cannot make my my uh, networking because by the time I did all that, got home, shower, changed, I was going to be late or I was going to be super late. And so those I said, okay, with the drive, I'm only going to be there half an hour. Is it worth it? On those days, I'm like, no, I left them on my calendar just to have the view. If I was going to have the time, am I going to make it? And if not, then it's like, I already knew that I had told them I'm not going to make it that day. Uh, so everything is, if if we plan, things are very possible. As tight as our schedules are, it's very possible to get the stuff done. I love it. I love it. That's a, that's a big piece is that the scheduling things out. You've got it, you know, when you're running, you got to be, you got to know. And you gotta you gotta take care of that. Yep. It's powerful. And I love that you use technology. I think technology <laughs> is so powerful. I, I know it seems like commonplace, but I'll tell you what, so many you run into people sometimes and they just don't want to use technology. And it just, you know, instead of four or five emails, several texts, a phone call, it's uh it's immediate. Yeah, so. it, it's in 2020. I was introduced to Calendly and Zoom, and I was like, oh, how did I live? you know, before this, how could I, it was just back and forth and five people, oh, I want Tuesday at one. Well, the first person took it. Now you have, you know, others. So Calendly's made my life a lot easier. And, and that's, um, I, I will have my calendar booked out. You know, I had somebody uh, last year in 22 wanted to do something at the end of January. And I said, oh, well, I have this date and this date blocked. And they're all, how do you have it blocked? I'm like, because if it's, if I know something's going to happen, I immediately block out my calendar. If I don't do that, I'm going to forget. I will book it with something else. And then when it's like, oh, now I have to either not make that event or not do that and then or cancel on others. So my calendar is like certain things are on my calendar for the next year. So get on Gladys's calendar if you need to if you need to be talking to her. That's right. That's I, I need to go. Time. I need to go book some more time. I don't spend enough time with Gladys. Oh, <laughs> you're so kind. Too kind. Too kind. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but that's really inspiring. I mean, you know, because I feel busy all the time, and I don't do half the stuff that you're doing out there. And I know I could do better. And that that's I I think that that is just really. For anybody wanting to go meet people and they don't know how and they don't go have time, I mean, there's there's time. It's what's your priority? Exactly. You know? If it's important, it's gonna get done. And and what gets measured gets done. That's my measurement stick, is my calendar. My running is on my calendar, my races are on my calendar. Um, if I'm if I have to run an errand, it's on my calendar. I mean, it's 
everything is calendar related because, and then I also block off the transportation time. I've had to drive um, because I don't want somebody else to book me during that half hour that I'm driving to a client. And now it's like, oh, do I need to be in front of my computer or not? You know, it's all these different things that I have to account for. Uh, That's important. So I imagine then with that, you're networking and you've built this big network and you do all of those things. Are you starting to narrow your focus of who gets that, who gets access to that time? I mean, I know you said that the naturopath sent you a bunch of people and you weren't expecting that, but you know, are you kind of more targeted now with who it is that you spend that time with? I have, I I truly have uh, because it's continuing to, for me, Health insurance is very much a relationship-driven type of product, if you will. It's If you build a relationship, you build the trust, that makes life so much easier because we're asking for a lot of personal information. And if people don't trust you, they're going to be kind of apprehensive to give you all that information. And so um, it's building that relationship with key people. So who are the key people that I'm going to continue to work with that are working with the clients that I want. And um, even with certain groups that I've realized, I've said no to. I'm like, you know what? It's a fun group. I like you, but I would rather be doing something else, like working on my business versus doing that. Because if I'm at a luncheon, but all it is is about chit-chatting, there's no substance where I'm growing, where I'm learning, where I'm truly connecting, and I'm just spending money to hang out with people. You know what? That's that's middle of the daytime that I could be spending um, working on um, on learning something new or uh, prepping a renewal or working on uh, a relationship building where maybe it's, it's a lunch with somebody that is a center of influence uh, or just connecting, making calls, uh, working on my magazine, you know, saying, okay, let's see who else do I need to add? Who's going to get my magazine? Who's going to get this? Or who should I send a thank you note to, you know, in doing those things, I find that are more important because those are really going to continue to build that relationship with those center of influences that are a, a good connection that I know that they are vested in my success as much as I'm invested in their success. We're just that that uh, connection that is so important uh, and just continuing. It's like any relationship. If you want a good relationship with um, friends and spouses, we have to make the time to spend time with them and uh, and send them the little text message, a little email, that reminder, uh, a little note to say, hey, I, I care for you. Um, you know, and, and that I think is so important um, to spend the time with the people that are most important. And not saying that the other groups aren't important because uh, having those relationships are still good and they're still important. They're just not as important as maybe others. Um, and I will still still be near and dear to my heart because they were part of my networking group. When I moved to Oregon, I got to meet a lot of people, but it's, I've continued to grow. And when, I don't want to say I'm the smartest person in the room, but when I feel like I'm the smartest person in the room and people are coming to me, buy from me, buy from me, then it's like, I, I need to not be at that. I need to be in a in a bigger pond where others I'm I'm aspiring to be like others that they're successful a heck of a lot more than I am. What can I learn from them? Because if I'm learning from them, then I'm growing. 
and I don't mind mentoring. I love mentoring. If, if, if I can, I will guide and help however I can and bring others along. But I also don't want to feel like, oh, you know, they're just coming to me. No, it's, it's growth. We got to continue to grow, improve our process and improve what we do and how we do it so that we, um, we can help more people. That, that's so important, being able to help others. I love Again, how the- intentional you are. You're so intentional with your time and your 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 energy. You know, you've you've figured that part of this whole thing out, which is is huge. Um, obviously, you're able to juggle so many activities, and you're continually growing. Um, well done. No, that's I think it's I think it's awesome. It's it's to be commended. We're kind of getting close here, and I know we're still talking here. I'm not trying to shut this down at all, but I wanted to kind of jump into you know. A lot of times we have new, you know, new networkers who listen and listen. Obviously, you're pretty darn experienced and involved and you've been around the block here that here and there uh, for a lot of times. What's what's like one thing someone can do? What's one thing they can be intentional to go out and do on a regular basis to start networking? What's your advice? You know, start local, start close to home, start in your backyard. Uh, my bubble started in Wilsonville and it's grown from there. I have clients all over Oregon and Southwest Washington, but I started in Wilsonville. I started close to home. I I started at one point I was going out to Hillsboro. So I was taking that drive, took me an hour to get there. I, and it was like, Oh my goodness, that's a lot of energy. And then when I became an ambassador with the chamber, then I was like, then I, I said, I can't do that drive because it's, uh, interfering with the events that are happening around my house, that are happening around my my business, where my office is. And so I just, uh, everything was like, okay, here. So if you're networking, it's be intentional and start local, start close. That way it doesn't feel so daunting, like, oh, I have to take a half hour drive or I have to take an hour drive. No, I can take a five, 10 minute drive, maybe 15 minutes. So start local and then build out as, as you're going. I, and if you aren't going to areas outside of your norm, um, when I was doing a lot of driving pre-COVID, I would always say, okay, where are my... Um, appointments going to be. And if I had a networking event out in Hillsborough, then I would call and especially during open enrollment, I would call my clients that were in the Hillsborough area and say, hey, can we meet? Are you available on this day? And it would be after the event. So uh, 10, 11, 12, 1, 2. And I would start booking my appointments all around that one event in that one area. So that way from there, I could start making my way back home. So it's like I'd go out and do this circle, whereas Hillsboro, Beaverton, back to Tiger, back to Wilsonville. It was always a circle and taking care of if I was going to be out in farther out, then who else can I take care of in that area or who else can I call on in that area? So it's very intentional again. Yes, I'm taking the drive because this event is important, but at the same time, how am I using that time the most productive way that I can, which is using the time before or after the event to do business in that area? So those are kind of two things that uh, being intentional again and uh, and making it easier for us, because if we if we're going to have the ex- we're going to make excuses, we will there will always be an excuse. So let's look at the excuses that could happen and how we can overcome them. If you think about them ahead of time, it's going to be that much easier. So let's make it easier on ourselves. So find an excuse or find a way. Find find. <laughs> Figure out what your excuses are going to be and then how we're going to react when those excuses come up and we go, oh, yeah, that's what I said. 
So what did I say I was going to do to overcome it? Powerful. Powerful. I love it. Well, tell us here, um, Gladys, you know, for our viewers um, and listeners and all the things, how do people get in touch with you, right? Well, if they want to get on my calendar, go to enrollnoworegon.com enrollnoworegon.com and that's my calendar my calendly calendar uh, and schedule time uh, the other way is that they can uh, check out my website insurancedesignpros.com uh, on the upper left hand corner my next book so I have my one book which is health insurance secrets revealed that try to understand how health insurance works. This is being revamped uh, as we speak. My next book is 101 Employee Benefits for All Budgets. But if they go to insurancedesignpros.com on the upper left-hand corner, they can get the white paper on those 101 uh, benefits for all budgets. You know, So employers can say, hey, how can I provide benefits? I don't have the budget. Well, you know what? From no cost to high cost, there's everything in between that they can um that they can uh, get ideas of what will work for them. And then my book will go into a little bit more detail on all of those things. Um, but th those are the best ways to get a hold of me. Um, they can always email me, of course, and call me. They can call me at 503-482-7050, or they can email me at gladys at insurancedesignpros.com. But truly, enrollnoworegon.com is the best way, best way to get a hold of me because that's specific time that belongs to them if they want to talk further on networking or benefits or whatever else that's that's okay that's what the calendar's for <laughs> and I, if it's on if it's not urgent after december 15th please the 18th on i'm there for you that's great that's great i mean i uh we'll put all that in the show notes so people can easily just click and okay. and find you and um I don't think this is going to come out before December 15th. So, okay. um, so you don't have to worry about getting barraged during open enrollment. We'll All protect right. you. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> that I do because, you know, I have all this time uh, is I have a podcast that pairs uh, spirits with food. And that is something that my business is a sponsor of like the way you drink podcast. So if they go to all the channels, uh, but if they want to see it, which I think is more fun, YouTube and Facebook, like the way you drink podcast, uh, me and my co-host um, every Monday at now at five uh, Pacific time, um, we talk uh, about different spirits, different cocktails and how they pair so well with food. So that's always fun to do. Again, it's on my calendar and I have time that I prep for. And if it was not for my calendar, truly, I would not be able to get that done because it's it takes time. <laughs> So you, just to recap, you are writing books, you're doing all the group benefit stuff, you're in Rotary, you're in BNI, you go to the chamber meetings, you, I mean, I don't even, I run half marathons. I, I think, Gladys, I'm going to schedule time with you after December 18th, and I'm going to have you teach me about time management. <laughs> <laughs> You think I'm joking, but I do not protect my time or calendar the way that I should. And I want to do all the things that you're doing. So I, I need a lesson from you, my friend. All right. Sounds good. We, we can make it happen. <laughs> awesome. Appreciate you. That's a that's a light bulb moment that, that you did. You just get. <laughs> I did. I did. I love it. I love it. Well, one last fun little question here. 
if someone does so happen to have the ability to get on your schedule and and get get an appointment with you, Gladys, and you guys go out for coffee, right? Yeah, it depends yeah. on you know. Sometimes it's Zoom, sometimes my office, sometimes it's coffee. Um, it's it just depends. They get to choose where we're we gonna meet, you know, and then we block off the time. And if it's coffee though, but what we just want to know what's your coffee order? It depends. Um, a white chocolate mocha. I do enjoy a white chocolate mocha. Usually, um, I, I usually don't go venti. That's a little much, too much caffeine, and then I twitch. Uh, but <laughs> a tall or a grande. Grande is usually a perfect amount of caffeine. Um, and sometimes if I'm being kind of mad, then it's, if I don't know what I want, then I'll get a misto and, uh, and that one, because they're, they're steaming my, my milk. And then I get the drip in there, which has such rich, uh, flavor. So that's, that also works for me, but the white chocolate, if I'm indulging, uh, yeah. So, okay. That's usually where we kind of stop, but you we're throwing you a curveball since you have a podcast about drinks and food. What is your go-to cocktail? Let's say that I am so lucky to see you at a happy hour. What is your go-to cocktail? Old-fashioned. Yes. Nice. Old-fashioned is my go-to. Uh, and if, I, if I'm if i like, don't want the, that little sugar in there, I just want a little something. Um, at a bar, normally a Glenlivet 12 um, is my go-to. But if I'm at home, it's a Glenlivet 15 or 18. My 18-year-old my is absolutely delicious with one big cube or neat depends on how I'm feeling. Uh, but yeah, my, my single malt scotch, 18 year old, mm. but old fashioned is my absolute go-to because it's just yum. <laughs> Gladys doesn't mess around folks. I love your style. I love your style. And we could have a whole nother episode on, on single malt scotch space sides. I mean, yeah. I think so, I think that we'll do time management over happy hour. Actually, now you... I, I like that idea. I like the <laughs> and I think I like the way you drink too. Uh, that's good. That's good. Well, thank you so much for giving us an hour of your busy schedule, Gladys. No, I am so honored for you to be here. We I appreciate, appreciate the invitation. You guys are awesome. I love the questions and what you're trying to do to help others. So I so appreciate that. You're you're giving of your time, your energy, your ideas to help others. And that is awesome. So I, I am honored to be here. So thank you both. Well, appreciate you and your time. And for those of you out there listening, you know, like, subscribe, go get on Gladys, Gladys's calendar, you know, share this to people when you're listening. We do appreciate you guys too. So get out there and meet some people. Yeah. Right. Thanks guys for joining us for Well Connected. Thank you for listening to Well Connected with Ricky and Fletch, the place for navigating business growth through networking. If you've learned even one thing from sharing the last hour with us, please share this with a friend or associate who also might appreciate it too. Only together can we become truly well connected. Join us each week to learn, grow, and network your way to new heights.